It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. In three days, we'll finally have the answer to the question we've been asking ourselves since March 10th. Who are the Panthers going to take number one overall? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays, except for this week, we got the draft, got to talk about who the Panthers taking at number one after they do it on Friday, but next Friday, I'll be back for the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers, either at me or DM me to get those weekly Friday mailbag questions in. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. Three more days, y'all. Three more days and we'll finally be there to the 2023 NFL Draft and then we'll finally find out who it's going to be there at number one overall. We think it's going to be Bryce Young. It feels like it's going to be Bryce Young. Maybe it's C.J. Stroud. Maybe it's Anthony Richardson. Maybe it's Will Levis. Do they trade back? We'll see. Doesn't really feel like that's in play right now. At least that's what Scott Fitterer told us a week ago. Bryce Young, though, appears to be the pick here in Carolina, and I just want to know who's it going to be. I just want to get this guy here to Carolina and start talking about whether he can turn around the franchise, whether he can be the franchise, and he can lead us to places we've never been before. David Tepper told me, promise me, and you, all of us, sustain success. He talked about short-term suffering for long-term gains and rewards. We haven't had those yet, y'all. We got a good coaching staff now. Got some decent free agents that came in to fill some of these gaps. Got a strong foundation defensively, even if Averro is only here for a year. Don't care. Don't care. We still got the players going to be here. They'll be fine. And we'll find his replacement. He's going to be great this year. Really excited about it. But if he leaves after one year, that's okay. We're prepared. The Panthers are in a good spot. Fans are excited. There is positivity around this franchise now. I'm sure there's people out there who don't like the idea of Bryce Young. They're going to hate the pick. And they're going to say he's never going to work and all that kind of stuff. And they might be right. They could be right. Never forget, the people that are negative, sometimes they turn out to be the truth tellers at the end of the day. But right now, we should all be united. We should all be so freaking fired up. That we have a competent coach, we have a real GM, and the owner seems to be doing all the right things, I think. Positivity. That's what we're focusing on this week on Locked on Panthers as we inch closer to the draft. And I'm as excited about Friday night. What's going to happen at 39? What's going to happen at 93? I I need those answers. But we got to wait. Got to get Thursday first, find out who that quarterback's going to be. 
hear what he has to say about coming to Carolina, hear what the Panthers have to say about bringing him in here, and then we'll move on to the last two days of the 2023 NFL Draft down there in Kansas City. If you're going to Kansas City, let me know. At me, DM me. Just let me know, hey, I'm there in Kansas City, Julian, uh, and I'm going to get in the war room and let the Panthers know what they should do, even though I don't believe they'll be there. I think they'll probably just be here in Charlotte, but you understand what I'm trying to say. On today's episode, Dane Brugler covers the NFL Draft for The Athletic. You've probably read him with his mock draft. Latest mock had Bryce Young coming to Carolina, B.J. Ojolari from LSU going to Carolina at 39, the edge rusher who would be a fantastic addition to the Carolina Panthers. And you probably also seen him quoted in some Joe Person articles um, in The Athletic as well. Joe Person who covers the Carolina Panthers for The Athletic. Really good, really sharp dude, knows his stuff, really respect him. And he was nice enough to give me some of his time uh, last week, so now getting this now to you now. So very excited about this interview that you guys are about to hear from Dane Brugler, who I'm sure I really hope that you're already following as the guy is just really good at what he does. And y- you know how I feel about mock drafts. Bleach Report had me do a mock draft, uh, the simulator they have on PFF that a lot of you guys always will tag me in or send me. They had me do one, and I just felt so dirty doing it after saying all mock drafts should go straight to hell, unless they're done by guys like Dane Brugler who actually have intel in source information and what it's telling him is that Bryce Young is going to be the pick so we'll talk about Bryce Young we'll talk about CJ Stroud the possibilities the Panthers have they are 39 and later on the draft coming up here on Locked on Panthers but before we do that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process especially because we're always growing and changing therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers. As promised, Dane Brugler. Follow him on Twitter at DP Brugler. But if you're a Panthers fan, I'm sure you're already doing that. He's an NFL draft analyst for The Athletic. Dane, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Hard to believe we're just a week away now. Uh, it's, it's, I feel like we, we know, have a good idea of maybe what could happen, but at the same time, we don't. And you know what? I'm okay with that. It's going to make for a really entertaining top 10 this year uh, with the questions with the quarterbacks and you know the trade action we might see. So uh, a lot of intrigue as we uh, lead up to this final week. Yeah, absolutely. Especially here in Carolina since March 10th, the Carolina Panthers have been at top of the draft board and they have been able to control the narrative of which quarterback they're going to take Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, or Will Levis. Now when the trade initially happened, you put out a mock draft blocking CJ Stroud to Carolina yeah. 
But your most recent mock draft this past week, you now have Bryce Young from Alabama coming to Carolina saying, I don't know what the Panthers are going to do, but I can tell you what teams believe the Panthers are going to do. Draft Young, if you are comfortable with his size, the Alabama passer is the easy selection at number one. I talked to Matt Miller of ESPN.com about two weeks ago. He told me his initial intel was that the Carolina Panthers traded up for C.J. Stroud. But it seems like the last couple weeks, things have changed where they're leaning young. What happened? How how did things change for Carolina as far as the league believing that they now favor Bryce Young? I don't I don't believe that they traded up looking for CJ Stroud. I think they traded up looking for Bryce Young. I really do. Um, okay. And and that's what teams have told me. Um, and I just it, when they made that move, my initial reaction, you know, because we're coming out of the combine, and uh, my initial reaction was, okay, CJ Stroud. I think that's the guy that everyone could get around uh, with what he offers as a pocket passer, um, you know, the, what he's able to do pre and post snap. Like, I, I just think that he, he would have been the guy that made sense, but as we get closer uh, here, talking to teams, uh, they, because uh, obviously, you know, mock drafts, we do them on the outside looking in teams do mock drafts. They, 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 they yeah. map out how they think the top 10 is going to play out. And, you know, cause they want to try to look at different scenarios and, you know, who might be on the board, whatnot. And, and the teams that I talked to, they have Bryce Young at number one. That, that's what they believe is going to happen. Um, and, you know, I, I understand why. Obviously, he's my number one quarterback. He's the top uh, top player in the entire draft, in my opinion. Uh, it just comes down to the size factor. And if you're okay with the size, you love everything else. Um, you know, and it's, it, it's not as simple as, you know, um, oh, it, it questions about, oh, can he see over the line? It's not about that. It's more durability. See, he's got a slight build. And this is a guy that welcomes the chaos. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he is perfectly fine moving the pocket, uh, sidestepping rushers, uh, giving his routes an extra half second to get open. Uh, and he's going to anticipate those passing windows. He's going to hit them. Uh, but in the NFL, where everything's a little bit faster, guys hit a little harder. Uh, he needs to take care of his body because he, even though he did come in at 204 at the combine, he's probably going to be playing around 190. He'll be the smallest quarterback in the NFL the moment he's drafted. So yeah. you have to be comfortable with that, and not everybody will. But if I'm the Panthers, I and you have to you have to sacrifice something with all these quarterbacks. No such thing as sure. a perfect quarterback. So you have to sacrifice something. I am okay sacrificing the size when I know I'm getting a guy that is well above average between the ears and playing the position at a high level because of his processing, his accuracy, uh, the intangible factor. I'm going to bet on that all day. So I, if the Panthers do end up drafting Bryce Young at number one, I, I'd certainly be on board with that. I know a lot of people here recently have been making comparisons about Bryce Young to Russell Wilson. When you look at Scott Bitter having spent time in Seattle, same thing with Dan Morgan, the assistant general manager here in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson back in 2012 was 5'11", 204. So that's one inch taller. and the same size that he weighed in at. Now, Russell has always been a thicker build. He's now, I right. think, about 215. At least that's what Denver lists him. And, of course, he's still taller than Bryce Young. Could you see Bryce Young having the ability to put on the kind of weight there in Carolina as he gets older and with a, de- a better nutritional um, kind of game plan for him that where he could be kind of fitting that mold of a Russell Wilson? Or is he always going to kind of have that slight build where durability will be a concern? I don't think he's ever going to comfortably carry more than 205, 207 at the most. I think that's and that, where is that playing would, weight or is that just yeah, weight in general? Playing weight, you know. Okay. I, I, but I think he's, I, 
more likely, I think there's a better chance he will be below 200 for most of his career. Um, okay. it, and it, it just comes down to the way he's built, his body structure. And, you know, it's it's not like Alabama doesn't have this great nutritional program, right? I mean, and he yeah. uh, he was one uh, between 185 and 190 most of the season. So, you know, and I just don't think he has that type of frame where he's going to be able to comfortably carry all this extra weight. And you know, there's a reason he uh, waited at the combine but didn't do anything. But then at the pro day, he did all the positional drills, but didn't weigh in. You know, it's it's not a mystery here that he yeah. was probably back below 200 pounds. Um, and you know what? It, it, it's okay. He's small. It, it, either you're okay with it or you're not. You know, I don't think it's a question of, oh, if he can just get above, you know, 208 or it, look, this is a smaller player and either you're on board with that or you're not. And so I, I do think that. I, I did have the uh, Russell Wilson comparison um, for parts of Bryce Young's game, and it's not necessarily the size. It's the fact that they're both problem solvers. I think that's what I love most about Bryce Young. He is a problem solver, and that's what, you know, Russell Wilson, that's why he's been uh, a productive pro uh, all these years, is he finds a solution, whether it's with his legs, with his arm, with his mind, he finds a solution to move the offense and keep picking up first downs. Who else would you compare Bryce Young to in the NFL currently or past and present? You know, there, there's just not a lot of uh, apples to apples comparisons, obviously, because that size. Yeah. Um, you know, I people yelled at me when I compared him to Steph Curry um, you know, a couple months ago. Uh, people didn't like that. But you know what? He plays the game like a point guard. He really does. Uh, you know, uh, Nick Saban has said that. So, you know, I, it's not like I'm taking crazy pills here. And if Nick Saban says it, you know, he's, he's seeing something. Yeah, and it, it's the way he uh, creates space for himself. You know, he uh, the way he distributes the football His, you know, obviously you think of a point guard and you think of a guy with vision where he sees everything happening on the court um, and not just the vision, but the anticipation. So he understands where those opportunities are going to be. He's one step ahead. That's what Bryce Young offers. He sees everything going on in the field. He anticipates what's about to happen. And he has that quick reaction ability to uh, no matter what is thrown at him, he, he has an answer. And, and it goes back to the problem solving. So um, I don't think there is a great comparison for him um, because of the size factor. Um, what about play style, though? Play style. I mean, you know, it's even play style. I mean, it's uh, okay. I don't, do, you, do you have one that you really like? <sighs> I mean, no, not really. That's kind of yeah. why I'm asking you. I'm, yeah. it, the thing is, it's such an outlier. Because when you right. watch him in college, and people have been saying this, he plays a lot bigger than he actually is. It's not like he was out there yeah. taking a ton of shots and just the way that he always would maneuver the pocket and stay in there. When he had running lanes, I think back to the LSU game, plenty mm -hmm. of opportunities where Bryce could have taken off, but he stays in the pocket, hangs in there, and is able to deliver football. I don't know how many guys – in the league, well, obviously, you don't have as much time as you did at Alabama, and they're telling you to get rid of the football. You got to have that internal clock, which I know Bryce has, but no, you don't really see guys play the way he played at the college level here at the NFL level. So yeah, I don't really yeah. have one, and it's interesting, too, like the Steph Curry com comparisons because, of course, Steph Curry being from Charlotte, Bryce Young potentially going to end up here in Charlotte as well. I, I can see where that comes from. I'm never the biggest fan of, like, the cross-sports comparisons but when you're looking at like a quarterback, what is he supposed to do? Distribute the football, point guards, the same case. And then also Bryce can hit the home runs. Now, does he have the biggest arm of the world? No. Mm -hmm. But you saw him make plenty of those plays at Alabama and be able to extend plays and do some pretty doggone spectacular things, especially looking at the Texas game last year, LSU and Tennessee, although in losses, they're not in those games without Bryce Young, who had to pretty oh. much carry that offense. And you saw the talent level outside of Jameer Gibbs. I don't know if there's a pro right now 
on that Bama mm-hmm. roster scale position wise. And I get it's Bama, but five stars, it takes them some time sometimes to get there. And they certainly weren't it to the level of John Mechie and Jamison Williams a year prior. Uh, no question. And, and, you know, this Bryce Young grew up training for basketball. So I don't, it's no surprise that that that's his style. Uh, he had extensive basketball training um, growing up through middle school and, and basketball was kind of his thing. That was his sport. So it, it's, it's no, you know, uh, you know, mystery how it's uh, translated to the football field. Um, I, but I, no, I think your point is, is spot on. I, he won the Heisman trophy two years ago. Yet I was more impressed with his 2022 tape than his 2021 tape because of exactly what you mentioned. He he didn't have the uh, Jamison Williams, the 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 Mechies. Um, you know, Jameer Gibbs is an awesome player. In my opinion, you can't name the top 25 players in this draft without mentioning Gibbs. I think he yeah. is that good of a player. But uh, when Jameer Gibbs, when your running back is leading the team in receptions, that says something about uh, yeah. I mean, one of my uh, I would, I would tweak this throughout the fall, but so, okay. I, you know, you, you watch the games on Saturday, just, you know, surface level watching on, uh, you know, college football on TV. And then Sunday when I would get the tape, first thing I do, I go to church or wake up, get to go to church, come home and I fire up the tape. And one of the first things I would do this fall would look at, uh, Alabama tape and see, okay, what, what magic act did Bryce Young have this week? that will go down as an incompletion won't even matter in the box score, but on tape, it's, it's amazing. And against Texas, against Arkansas, um, I'll have to retweet some of the, I, I try, I clipped some of them. I'll have to retweet some of them where he's just doing these magic acts in the backfield, throws a perfect strike to a guy coming open and it's off his hands, you know? And, and so it, it's in the box score, it looks like an incomplete pass. Meanwhile, the tape is just this mind blowing plays. So, uh, he, it felt like, especially in the LSU game, he's putting yeah. the offense on his back and just dragging them up and down the field and just doing whatever he can. So a, a guy that, uh, you know, I know he played at Alabama, but 23 and four win loss record. Um, and some of those losses were, they were right there in it, you know, could have easily won those games, including a national title game uh, against Georgia two years ago. So I, I do think it's fair to critique his size. And I also think it's fair to critique. Um, he doesn't have the biggest arm, like you said, especially yeah. from the pocket. When when things are really closing in on him, and you know the, he's really constricted from the pocket, he loses a little bit of juice on his throws, and that is a fair critique to have uh, about his game. But again, I, I I'm okay sacrificing that for everything else that he offers at the position. Yeah, no, I mean I love Bryce Young. I mean 2021. That year at the Heisman didn't really feel like there was anyone who was just kind of like out front, the obvious choice. And after the Auburn game, they bring him back. It felt like that's kind of why he got it. But last year, I agree. He was far more impressive, especially when you look at what he was dealing with. No, people are going to roll their eyes, look at it's Alabama. But Bryce Young was incredible a year ago. And CJ Stroud has also been really good. Like, so the Panthers have said, like, they, I know, I know we spent a lot of time talking about Bryce Young because that looks like where it's headed next Thursday or this upcoming Thursday. A lot of people seem to believe that's going to be CJ, that's going to be Bryce Young. Is CJ Stroud still in this? Or is Anthony Richardson a potential trade back? What Scott Bitter has said right now, they don't think they're going to do that. Is that still a possibility or is it pretty straightforward that come Thursday evening, it's going to be Bryce Young right there on the draft card, Roger Goodell up there at the podium announcing it? I'll be surprised if it's anything but Bryce Young at the number one overall pick. Uh, but, you know, you never say never. Um, you know, we're 
at this point of the of the calendar, it's it's not guesswork. It's it's educated guesswork. You know, so yeah. we're we're still reading tea leaves and going based off of, uh, you know, what we hear. Like obviously, the Panthers aren't telling me what they're going to do, but teams that I talk to are telling me what they believe the Panthers are going to do. And you know, could the Panthers surprise those teams? Sure. It's wouldn't be the first time that has happened. But they have a, a good sense of what they think the, these other teams are going to do and, and and quarterbacks are going to draft. And, you know, it, it, and it comes from a lot of different ways of trying to figure that out. But, you know, I, I think that they're still doing their due diligence on all these guys. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you want to keep an open mind. Um, you know, why not? Why not keep an open mind until the moment you have to make a final pick? Um, so I, I think that Bryce Young is a clear front runner here. But, you know, it's, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about C.J. Stroud. Uh, more projectable body, you know, he's 6'3", yeah. 215. Um, uh, he's really good from the pocket, really accurate, touches up the field, all three levels. Um, I, I do think it's fair to critique, you know, just like, you know, we talk about Alabama and the supporting cast and how it wasn't up to snuff. Ohio State, you know, he he played with two tackles that are going to be drafted uh, here, one in the first round, one in the second round. He playing with uh, you know, one of the best wide receivers we've seen in the last few years. Uh, and Marvin Harrison Jr. and then you know the other receivers are all uh, future NFL guys. I mean, he's played uh, with he played with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, who was just the NFL I've heard of him. the year, yeah. uh, who's hell a player. And then that first game without those guys in the Rose Bowl, Jackson right. Smith and Jigba set a Rose Bowl receiving record at Ohio State. He might have been the best receiver of that receiving court in that 2021 season. Now, hard to say that right now after seeing what Garrett Wilson just did this past year with the Jets. He was most yes. productive, at least that. You most, know, he, yeah. he, he, had, he had the bigger stats than either of those two guys that year. And in a Mecca Buka last year, mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison Jr., and that's his receiving court. And mm-hmm. we're not even talking about Travion Henderson, who was banged up like all last year, and Mylon Williams and the running backs that he has there. And Evan Pryor is the guy who tore his ACL. Like they, they, right. it's, They're loaded. And now you're bringing in – even more players like Carnell Tate, one of the top wide receivers. Ohio State, it's just ridiculous the kind of talent around them. And it's one of those things where people are like, well, Ohio State quarterbacks, like, I don't really buy into that. I look at every prospect individually. Yeah, when yeah, you look sure. at Bryce Young, I felt like it was so much more impressive because he did not have, he needed an Ohio State wide receiver who couldn't even get on the field to be able to have that Heisman Trophy season in 2021. Like that right. just shows you how talented uh, the talent there in Ohio State and Columbus is that CJ Shaw was working with. But I can't take anything away from, especially after what you saw, what he did against Georgia on New Year's Eve, because that about the most impressive quarterback performance that we've seen in the last couple of years in college football. Well, and that's always the conundrum for scouts is, I mean, how do you 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 have to factor in the supporting cast, obviously, but it's not yeah. like, OK, we're not going to draft C.J. Stroud just because he had good players around him. You know, like you have to try and scout him independent of what's happening around him. And it's not just the receivers. It's it's the offensive line. It's the yeah. coaches, the play calling. Uh, you know, the situation that he was in it, all of the above is is something that, uh, you know, you really have to focus on. And it's not always easy to do that where you have to remove them from the situation. And, you know, we, we went through this with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, We talked about it with him or Justin Fields. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's why, you know, one of the reasons why quarterback is the toughest position to evaluate. There's so many variables here that you have to consider. Um, And so, but with CJ Stroud, I, I had more concerns, and then that last game against Georgia, he did answer some of them. And yeah, what he to go out on the biggest stage he's ever played on, the best defense he's ever played against, and to play his best game he's ever played, that that says a lot. Um, and you know, it's it, I do, 
uh, you know, people say that, uh, you know, the whole question about the, can he be creative enough? Can he be, can he work off schedule? It's not that he's a bad athlete. It's just, he's not comfortable doing that. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, when he gets to the NFL, he'll run around more. And it's, it's just not that simple. Uh, you know, it, it's a comfort level with, with him. And so it, it, he is a good athlete. He has it in him, but he has to be okay with it. Go back to high school, go back to middle school. He's never been a running quarterback. He's never wanted to be a running quarterback. He wants to be a pocket passer. And that's great. There is nothing wrong with that. Uh, but in today's NFL, where you, you have to be able to work off schedule, you have to have a creative element to the way you play quarterback. Uh, you know, we, we, you look at all the, the the top quarterbacks around the league, that's a common theme. And so for C.J. Stroud, he showed more of that against Georgia. And that's certainly encouraging. But is that something that can become a more regular part of his game? Uh, mm-hmm. Because it, he, for the first 27 games of his uh, career at Ohio State, he had a grand total of one missed tackle. Uh, again, one missed tackle forced against Georgia. He had three. Can he yeah. make that a more regular part of his game if he can? Because I, I, I think right now you feel good about his floor. He, he's a really solid pocket passer. How creative he can become using his legs and improvising and, and all of that, that'll determine what his ceiling is. Um, and that's where it's a little bit of a, you know, I think he's a little safe. He's a safe quarterback because of his floor. Figuring out a ceiling is a, is a moving target and something that that's where the debate is with CJ Stroud. Yeah. And it feels like that Georgia game was kind of a culmination of his career at Ohio state. Mm-hmm. It's everything that you wanted to see and be able to do, do things off structure. I think about in that first quarter, the touchdown pass where he's having to roll out to the right and he's guiding Marvin Harrison Jr. Down the field. Like that's exactly the kind of things that we've been waiting to see from Stroud. And obviously you talk about the personnel, especially the offensive line. He wasn't always asked. He didn't have to do that. He was never yeah. really in those situations, like maybe Michigan back in 21 in the snow game where Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks and you also have a job on the other side. Maybe that's the only time he's really kind of felt that pressure and like Ohio State struggled. I don't think really he struggled in that game, but it's a culmination of all that. The unfortunate thing is it comes in a loss and that was the final game of his career. Like it's not another season where we can see that he, he can be consistently that kind of player now coming to the NFL. Like it's a lot to ask where Bryce Young. Hell, they had to get a Vanderbilt transfer to come in and start for Bama this past year. Like that tells you the state of the that offensive line right. in 2021. Like that tells you how bad. I mean, the whole, it's Bama bad, but not bad. But like Bama's level of bad that right. past year. Um, before I get you out of here, let, let me ask you about 39 because that's the Panthers' second pick in this draft. We've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time think, talking about what's going to happen at number one. Looks like Bryce Young's going to be that guy. CJ Stroud still on the table. They're going to do their due diligence. But at 39, the Panthers still have some needs. I look mm-hmm. at corner. When J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson went out week 17 against Tampa, they got cooked by Mike Evans. And those guys have not been able to stay healthy. I still look at that as a need. Edge rusher outside of Brian Burns, I don't know how much you can really depend on Marquise Haynes, Frankie Louie to give you the kind of production they gave you a year ago. And then wide receiver, okay, you got Thielen, you got DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall. I still believe that he can be a key contributor here in Carolina, but I don't see someone who's going to be here in four or five years, no doubt. Of those three positions, what makes the most sense for you at edge? I know you have BJ Ojolari at LSU as your yeah. pick there. What makes the most sense for you right now for the Carolina Panthers at 39? Honestly, I think that what makes the most sense is not predetermining the position you're going to take. You, you let the sure. board fall to you, you know, and I think where does that run on edge rushers go in that late first, early second or corners? You know, is an Emmanuel Forbes there for you at that point at 39? Uh, does a BJ Ojolari get to you? Um, you know, what about, uh, you know, Felix uh, uh, Enudike Uzama? Does he fall to you at 39? Uh, so I think it really, 
it's about letting the board fall to you. And but I, I do think you're, you're you know spot on with those positions because in a, with a top forty pick, I think the goal should be to get one of those premium positions. Talking, you get your quarterback at one, then you get your corner, your receiver, or your pass rusher. So those are the premium positions in the NFL. And so uh, to to get one of those at that point makes a ton of sense. How many receivers come off the board in the first round? How many pass rushers are in the top 35? Uh, you know, w- w- which of the corners are going to fall? I think that's that's an interesting uh, dynamic here because not everybody's on board with an Emmanuel Forbes or a Keely Ringo uh, or a DJ Turner from Michigan. So um, I, I'm, I'm all in favor of not predetermining it and letting the board fall to you and see what your options are at that point in the draft. Yeah, and of course, Scott Bitter said they use free agency to be able to go best player available in the draft. And he said also that he didn't want to trade away that 39th pick. They ended up trading by 61, the pick they got from San Francisco in the McCaffrey trade at Chicago, because right. that's kind of the meat of the draft. He said between 20 and 45. You talk about those positions and how many receivers go in the first round. Is there a run in corners, edge rushers? Which position group do you think most likely is going to have a run maybe at the end of the first round or maybe early second round there before Carolina gets on the board? Probably, I, I think we'll see four or five corners go early. Um, I think those guys will go pretty quickly. Edge rushers will see a run, but I do think it's so deep of a group that even if we see five, six uh, pass rushers go in the first first round, uh, there still will be some quality names there. And, and there's, there's a lot of differing opinions of guys like Will McDonald from I, uh, Iowa State or Keon White, Georgia Tech. Uh, Derek Hall from Auburn has a lot of second round grades out there. Um, so I think edge rusher probably just because there's the volume of quality rushers in the top 50 this year. I, I do think that edge rusher probably the best chance of being there, um, even if we do see a run on those guys. Uh, but, but then even at receiver, you know, we'll see how many end up going in the first round. If, if you go over under in the first rounds at three and a half right mm-hmm. now, I, I think I'm taking the under, I think. But, you know, I don't feel great about it. And then, you know, who falls to the second? Is it Quentin Johnston? Is it, um, you know, does uh, Jalen Hyatt, is he still around? So um, where we are right now, uh, based off of those three positions, I think the best chance of the highest rated player on the board being there at 39, I think it's going to be edge rusher. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see which one of these receivers or corners maybe falls through the cracks. All right. Last one here for you. Linebacker. The Panthers need some depth there. I see you have Yusiro Dula out of Louisville going to the Panthers in the fifth round. Yeah. How deep of a linebacker class is this? I don't, they don't need someone to come in and start day one, but they got to have some sort of plan moving forward. Because Brandon Smith didn't see enough out of him last year coming out of Penn State to know whether he can be a starter down the road. How deep is this linebacker class? Uh, it's solid. I mean, I think that you can find guys in that third, fourth, fifth round range um, that could come in, at, be part of your rotation, compete for snaps. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Dorian Williams out of Tulane, 6'1", 230 pounds, really long and still young, just 21 years old uh, for a four-year player. You can throw on the, the cotton ball tape against USC and Caleb Williams, and he's all over the field. Um, so you think about playing the run, playing in coverage. He gives you that. Um, a guy like DeMarvion Overshone from Texas, a little bit of versatility. He was a high school safety. They played him as a off-ball off linebacker, but he also rushed the quarterback. Um, and then the, the guy that I projected there, Yasir Abdullah, uh, another guy that has pass rush potential, but can also play on his feet in space. So, you know, this this draft, I think, will have some options there. If they wait until the third, fourth, fifth round range, th- there will be some names that are uh, near the top of their list. 
Awesome. Can't wait to find out what happens at number one and what the Panthers do at 39 and beyond in the draft with six picks coming up. Dane Brugler, NFL draft analyst for The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at DP Brugler. But if you're a Panthers fan, you got to be insane if you're not already following this guy. Got you covered through the NFL draft and, of course, throughout the year. Dane, any good stuff coming up here the next week? I'm sure you're busy. You got plenty of stuff going out there. Tell my listeners uh, where they can, what else they can look out for you or look forward to seeing from you here in the next week. Uh, top 300 comes out, uh, this week, uh, and then next week's the final mock, but really it's just about the draft guide. Uh, if you have a subscription to the athletic, uh, the draft guides included, it's free and part of it. I promise you there's not another draft guide out there like it. It's got, uh, all the testing information from us, 1900 players, um, a lot of good background, uh, nuggets in there. So if you like the draft at all, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Uh, sign up for the athletic for a month. You know, if you just try it out, get our draft coverage, you get the draft guide included. So uh, like I said, uh, 0% chance you'll be disappointed by it. Yeah. And also if you have a New York times subscription, I think you can also upgrade yeah. to get the athletic. So uh, no reason not to do that. Joe person does a great job covering the Carolina yeah. Panthers. He has Dane up there plenty of times too, in his articles, getting his thoughts on the draft. But Dane really appreciate your time here on the show, man. And, uh, Hey, enjoy your vacation whenever this draft is over. Cause I'm sure you're going to need one. I'm sure you're going to take one. No, I appreciate the time, man. This is fun. Uh, it's, uh, it'll be fun after the draft. Maybe we catch up and uh, talk about who they actually drafted and, and, and the fits and all that. So uh, no, I really appreciate Julian. Yeah, would love that. All right, take a quick pause here and Locked On Panthers come back and wrap up the show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Really good stuff there from Dane Brugler of the Athletic NFL Draft Analyst. Follow him on Twitter at DP Brugler. But as I said, you probably already are doing that. And if you're not, what are you doing, guys? What are you doing? Wake up. And you might not have Twitter, but go follow the guy. Does a really good job and gave us great insight. And Bryce Young, um, also CJ Stroud, and what the Carolina Panthers might be doing. So really happy he gave us some time here. And the hope is that we can talk to him maybe after the draft and get his thoughts on the players Carolina Panthers actually select. So tired of talking about who they might take. Really Want to know who they're going to take. I wish I could just look into the future and be able to answer that question for myself and for y'all right now. And also win a lot of money from Vegas. But a man can dream. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Coming up the rest of the week here on the show. Going to talk to Mike K. Um, either going to have that for you tomorrow or Wednesday. Haven't decided yet. You'll get my final thoughts heading into the draft. We'll talk about, you know, what the needs are, and we'll have the conversation we've been having at 1, at 39. Like, what did the Panthers do? We'll talk about all that throughout the rest of the week. I will be live Thursday night after the Panthers select Bryce Young, or well, they select whoever they select at number one. <laughs> it looks like Bryce Young. I'll give you my thoughts there. I will have a show for you. That will be Friday's show, but I'll come out on Thursday. And then I believe I should have a show for you on Saturday after I break down the second and third round of the draft. Now, I'm running an 8K on Saturday morning, the Elizabeth 8K. So I think I'll be up late enough. I should get some sleep, but I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have a show for you on Saturday, so I got to deliver that. If I don't, well, I'm sorry I lied to you, but I don't think I'm going to lie to you. All right, either way, follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I have the weekly Friday mailbag. Check it out. Subscribe and follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, 
In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole, as always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.